Welcome to this edition of the KTA University podcast. My name is Bill Corbett, and today I will be uh, exchange, having an exchange with Chris Padel. Chris is KTA's Corporate Safety and Health Officer, and Chris is going to enlighten us the, the, today on establishing a safety culture. You know, just to set the stage, uh, most, if not all companies, have safety procedures that they've written, and most, if not all companies, train their employees on those safety procedures and practices. And all companies have a safety culture. And as the saying goes, you get the culture that you deserve. You might have a very, very strong safety culture, or you may have a weak safety culture. And what Chris is going to enlighten us on today is how to develop a strong safety culture. So Chris, maybe to start us off, you can kind of explain what a safety culture is and how that can impact an organization. Uh, a culture can be uh, defined as a set of attitudes, values, goals, and practices yeah. uh, that define an organization or a group of individuals. In the world of safety, uh, I prefer to the, define a safety culture as how your employees act when they're not being watched. Okay. You know, are they following the corporate health and safety worker program? Are they wearing the appropriate personal protective equipment? Or when the mouse is away, or when the cat's away, are the mice deciding to play? Sure, um, sure. So it, it sounds like, you know, the, the important thing is, you know, what goes on when no one is? Well, everybody's going to comply with the rules if somebody's watching them. But when you're not watching them, are they still complying with the rules? Yes. Okay. And you can have uh, safety culture. It can have both economical and emotional impacts on both the worker and the organization. Uh, the emotional impacts would consist of uh, emotional things uh, a injured employee may go through. Uh, sometimes when they're out of work for long periods of time, okay. mm -hmm. struggling to uh, provide for their family, they could mm -hmm. have a, um, a decrease, feelings of a decrease in self-worth. Sure. Uh, could lead to depression, which could end up having issues with uh, marital status mm -hmm. or causing extra stress to uh, loved ones and, and, and friends. Uh, on an organizational level, I've experienced in the past when there is a significant injury in the workplace, uh, your employee morale decreases, oh. um, which eventually can lead into an economical impact, which would be a decrease in production. Uh, a few of the other economical impacts as far as the organization uh, would experience, uh, increased worker compensation premiums. No. Yeah, sure. Uh, with mm -hmm. you know, the more incidents you have. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, if you have a strong culture and you have a reduced number of injuries and illnesses, you're going to have a decreased uh, um, workers' compensation experience. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and on the employee side, as far as an economical uh, impact on the employee with a weak safety culture, the weaker your culture is, the more likely you're going to have work-related incidents and illnesses. Mm -hmm. And when an employee is out of work for a long time, the Workers' Compensation Bureau, for instance, uh, each state, some states have their own. Uh, Pennsylvania has their own Workers' Compensation Bureau. Okay. And when an employee's out of work for longer than six days, they reimburse that employee 66 and two-thirds percent of their previous 52-week average income. Okay. So mm -hmm. consider a worker that makes an average of $1,000 a week. He's now making $662.30 a week, mm -hmm. which over a month period of time, that's a reduction in a little over $1,300 uh, in monthly income. Mm -hmm. Now, if he's the sole provider for that family, that could be a very challenge sure. uh, to make up for that, that, uh, that loss. Mm -hmm. um, 
and a lot of the times, or it has the potential to lead to individuals dipping into their retirement savings, okay. uh, maybe pulling money out of a dependent's college fund. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, worst case scenario, sometimes they are unable to pay their mortgage. Maybe mm -hmm. they can't make their car payment. Um, and another side effect from that is, is the individuals back at the plant or back at the job site, they're like, oh, how's John? You know, he's been hurt, he's been out for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, how is he these days? And the rumors or the stories that go around is, well, he lost his car, he's about to lose his house, his wife and the kids are gone, because all he does is lay around on the couch because he can't work or really do anything. Okay. And those workers, sometimes they view that as, wow, that's how our company is taking care of our employees mm -hmm. that are injured, and yeah. once again can have a, a negative impact on that company's morale. Okay, good, good. So maybe talk a little bit about the steps that one should take to help establish that positive safety culture? It all starts with management commitment. Mm. Um, open, respectful communication, uh, leadership commitment, and accountability okay. are the main components of that. Okay, all right. So you mentioned management commitment and, and leader commitment. What's the difference between those two? Uh, management, they are, their commitment consists of developing the overall vision of what the culture will look like and implementing a strategic plan that will drive the organization towards bringing that vision to life. Okay. Um, they, management commitment includes, for instance, opening up uh, each meeting within the organization with the safety yeah. topic. Right. Uh, actually, the management, members of management wearing the appropriate personal protective equipment when sure. they're out in the shop or sure. out in the field uh -huh. uh, to show that, hey, everybody's on, on level ground. The rules apply um, to everyone, sure. And tracking and disseminating the information concerning where are we at with our strategic plan. Are we going to meet our target? Are we not? Mm -hmm. uh, communicating that information uh, down to your members of the leadership, uh, which your leadership commitment would be taking the message from management, spreading that throughout their subordinates. Okay. And they're basically the ones that walk the walk and talk the talk. Okay. Um, they practice personal accountability, uh, is a, a large portion of their commitment. And they also highlight um, when they see a behavior that is uh, in line with the vision, they highlight that and they share that story with the other workers okay. so they can see real life what the overall uh, vision looks like or what the safety culture looks like. It's interesting. So. You know, a lot of times we'll we'll see that bad news is shared, almost like, you know, guys, we can't continue to do this. Look what happens. You're talking about sharing the good news. Yes, uh, it's an interesting approach. So you you mentioned accountability. Um, are you referring to holding the workers accountable for their actions, or are you referring to personal accountability? I'm referring to personal account accountability. Uh, in the past, I've witnessed organizations that were heavy on holding their workers accountable for their actions mm -hmm. um, to where a lot of times the solution to uh, an issue may be it's got to be employer, it's got to be worker error. Uh, let's just, you know, discipline that person, get mm -hmm. them out of the door as quick as we can and move on and the problem should be gone. Mm -hmm. um, that never really appeared to be a very effective uh, approach. Um, I was, I'm referring to uh, personal accountability. We live in a society these days to where people don't hold themselves accountable any longer. 
Um, it's always somebody yeah. else's fault. Yeah, I, okay. I steal because yeah. of socioeconomic reasons. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I murdered because of race or uh, because of sex mm -hmm. or because of the video games I played uh, when I was younger right. or right. the movies I watched that Hollywood puts out. Mm -hmm. Nothing's ever my fault. And when you, when you have that victim type attitude, you miss out on holding yourself accountable and realizing, hey, I did something wrong. What do I need to do to make a change so I can make an improvement in my own personal behavior? Okay. And that can also be applied on the organizational level. Instead mm -hmm. of the organization deciding we're just gonna blame the worker, we're just gonna blame whatever they wanna blame, you know, let's say, wow, you know, we, we made a mistake here. Mm -hmm. What do we need to do to correct this so okay. uh, this doesn't continue? So, um, when, a, when an organization is trying to develop this positive safety culture, what are, what are some of the challenges that they can face? Two words, buy-in. Okay. That's it. That's all you get for my answer. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the biggest challenge. Um, sometimes you have where the members of management don't want to, they, they don't want to buy into the, they don't see value in a, a strong safety culture. They do what's required by their insurance company and that's all they feel they need to do. Okay. Uh, other times, management, they will be all about in improving or strengthening their safety culture. And sometimes the, the foremen um, that are out there in the field are like, yeah, I know management's saying this, but this is how we really do things around here. You know, okay. when they're here, play their game, but in reality, that's going to take too much time. You know, this is how we actually do things. So it's, it's buy-in through all levels of the organization. Okay, from management, leadership supervisors all the way down to the worker yes. a total buy-in and a lot of the times the buy-in you need management buy-in however if you do not have the lower um, level leaders of your organization if mm -hmm. they don't buy in mm -hmm. you might as well not have management buy-in okay all right um, so have ha, talking about buy-in have you come across an organization um, that did not have buy-in? Yes, I've, I've experienced that in the past. Uh, there was an organization that when they introduced their uh, corporate safety director to the exposed employees, they introduced them as an individual that was required to be there because of the workers' comp compensation insurance company that they mm. dealt with, uh, which right there, that individual's not, yeah. it's going to be very challenging for that individual to make progress within an organization like that. And unfortunately, that organization suffered some very fairly serious uh, incidents and, mm. and numerous ones. And they had very low employee morale. Even in times of high unemployment in the area, they would put a, they'd advertise for a job opening and there was times that they may only get one resume back. Mm. Uh, yeah. And they weren't very specific skills that they were looking for, you know. Mm -hmm. um, they had a reputation in that industry mm -hmm. as a dangerous company to work for, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of folks were not interested in, in sure. putting themselves at risk. And it was also, they also had where they would bring on some new hires, and within the first week, maybe 40% of them would quit, mm -hmm. uh, just because they would see the conditions and get a feel for the overall culture of the organization and, and decide that it wasn't, wasn't worth the paycheck to, to put themselves at risk. Interesting, because it's very expensive to uh, hire arm on board and train, and now you're having somebody resign a few weeks later because they don't feel safe, yes. so it can be quite expensive. Well, how about an organization where they, they did 
buy in to the need for a positive safety culture? Have you been around that type of environment? Yes, I, I have experienced that as well. And um, a few of the highlights uh, from the different organizations I had dealt with, um, once they decided, the one organization, once they decided to, to buy into the, to a strong safety culture, within two years after their buy-in, they saved a million dollars on their workers' compensation costs wow. from that year, from the averages of what they had been uh, you know, spending yeah, or incurring huge. in the past. Uh, another organization, uh, the experience modification rate, uh, the, that's a number that the Workers' Compensation Bureau uh, develops, and mm -hmm. a lot of contractors use that number uh, for during the pre-qualification process. It's okay. basically one is the average. If you're over one, you're considered a riskier company, uh, and you also pay higher workers' compensation premiums. Mm -hmm. If you're below one, you're considered a, a, a safer company, and you pay less in workers' compensation uh, premiums. And with the one organization, they cut their EMR rate in half mm. uh, within three years of, of making the commitment. So okay. I have seen positive things. It's uh, interesting. There. So that uh, experience modification rate, the EMR that you're talking about, yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I could see where that could actually preclude somebody from even looking at a company as a potential vendor. So there's, you don't even know that there's opportunity out there in some cases uh, of, that you're losing. Yes, that's very true. Um, a lot of the uh, web-based pre-qualification mm -hmm. Uh, programs that are out there, you may, if you have an uh, elevated EMR rate, people may be eliminating you from the list without you even knowing. Okay. Um, yeah. And also with the organization I had had worked with in the past, they had, they actually had individuals show up to a job site because it was a rush. We need to get here. After the individual showed up to the job site, then the pre-qualification process started. They sort of mm. did things backwards there. And once the EMR rates, uh, once they realized what the EMR rate was, there was a phone call, get your people off of my site immediately. Mm -hmm. So it can also be somewhat yeah. embarrassing as yes. well. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So um, just to kind of uh, wrap this up, um, Chris talked a lot about the importance of establishing that uh, a positive safety culture, that all companies have a safety culture, it can be poor, it can be good. But while there is going to be some level in, of investment into creating a positive safety culture, uh, the, the buyback on that uh, is, is multifold and can be well worth uh, the investment. But it also uh, influences not only from a monetary side, but also an employee morale side um, and helps workers better appreciate the company they work for. Chris, do you have anything to add to, to those closing comments? Well, I think that pretty much wraps things up nicely. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast. You can tune in and listen to other podcasts on ktauniversity.com.